Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. This is a podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Super Movie Brothers, episode 136. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. Hey, Jay. It's been one week since you looked at me. Got your head to the sides and I'm angry. What have you been up to this week? I'm going to be honest. I had a little bit of a whirlwind of a week. One of my best friends, uh, he actually got a stroke. Really kind of came out of nowhere. He's, well, he's a young guy, 48 years old. Well, he had one. He didn't get one. It wasn't like someone came to his house and gave him a special delivery. He True. opened a box and then he's like, a stroke! And it fell over. I mean, uh, he, yeah. he had one. Yeah, he had, he had a stroke. But so. that, is, that is strange, man. Like, and they, they don't exactly know yet, at least, um, why so you know but it, it was um detrimental enough where you know he's still very very blurry visioned um he's deaf in one ear now he in and out of pins and needles still has a difficult time walking you know all these kind of little weird things um but luckily like cognitive wise like his brain is working perfectly fine it seems like and you know there's yeah. no signs of anything else um, so it is rehabilitable like he's in a rehab right now so he's in that progress of just hopefully coming out of it scary um, man it is scary. It is he's very not, scary. He's not too much older than us. Like no, and it's and and for something like a stroke, this is still on the young side. Yeah, and, um, for sure. So it, it sucks. It sucks. He's staying pretty positive about it all. So you know, Jim, shout out to you. And um, and then this weekend we actually went to a little golf show, a little golf expedition kind of thing where we just go out, and he was supposed to be there, but um, you know, it's just kind of a. A, a dick tease for golf fans in the middle of winter to just shop around all this discount stuff get hyped for the next year and it was just turned into a whole day bender like going to the casino for lunch rolling into like local bars that's where you got sick right there the casino all day drinking yeah and probably the casino casino yeah. so many people coming in from all over carrying different fucking diseases probably it might as well be a petri dish because that next day i was bragging in the morning that i didn't get a hangover right or not you, as bad as the one as i thought it would you had blowfish <laughs> and then boom the <laughs> you, fever kicked in down. hardcore and so i i literally had a high fever and it, 101 was the highest i think and then it got down 100 um and you know this morning it was a 99.8 and then um somehow mid-afternoon it, it sort of snapped and i just finally got over that fever pitch but i still sound like shit you know my throat's still a little messed up blah 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 but um at fever. least i have my my head back on straight and i feel a little bit more energetic like fever pitch um, like the uh like the jimmy fallon and yes. <laughs> true barrymore movie that popular movie from oh. so long ago <laughs> that was a weird movie <laughs> 
It's not as bad as you think. Though. <laughs> Still enjoyable, especially if you're a Red Sox fan, probably. But I'm glad. I'm- um, but no, it, it, yeah, it just kind of been like it's been a weird. It's been a weird week because it was really sad, and then it turned into like a fun little day, and then it just turned into a horrible few days. And then you died. Uh, <laughs> then you died. Yeah. We had to push back the podcast because like, there's no way I could have recorded uh, the other day. So. You know, it's good to be back. And for me, I didn't do I didn't do a whole lot. I mean, you know, n- no one no one went down. Luckily, you know, everyone everyone's healthy. Uh, we did have Logan this weekend, so I got to take her book shopping. She got for she got like a gift card to Barnes and Noble. Uh, and our, so kids' books are like super expensive, like more expensive than you would expect. Like like she 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 got a a, a twenty five dollar gift card that 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 netted her two books. One oh, like wow. hardback and one like really thin like paperback one and like even the thin one was nine ninety nine and the hardback one was like eighteen ninety five and I was I still shelled out a couple dollars out of my pocket. It's amazing how expensive they are. It's so expensive. Still. but I mean, there's a lot of art that goes into them and stuff like that. So to pick out the book, I had to read all the books. Without much further ado, I give you the Derek Zoolander Center for Kids Who Can't Read Good. <laughs> so we're there we're in barnes and noble and i'm right who shops at barnes and noble anymore but that's 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 where the gift card is for so that's where we went so i'm literally sitting there and i'm just reading through each of these children's books while logan's standing there and when she gets bored of it she go no nah, not that one <laughs> she go grab another one okay. and i have to read that one sure spent like two hours picking out books but the one she really wanted was called a bad case of stripes her her, okay. her school teacher apparently read it to her like last year she changed schools since then, but the book, she's always remembered the book. So we it's couldn't a cool name. We couldn't find it. And she walks up to, to me and she goes, They don't have it. And I was like, Well, hold on. And I made her go to a lady herself, ask the lady, and the lady's like, Oh, I know exactly where that's at. And she's like, It was my favorite book when I was a kid. And Logan like lit up. I had to read it right there. She made me read it there. And then we <laughs> took it home and we read it that night. Nice. And then the other one's called I Need My Monster, where a kid's monster goes on the the monster that lives under his bed goes on vacation. So he gets a bunch of substitute monsters and he weeds them all out and until his monster returns. And uh they're both sweet books. I I, I liked I, I like them. I like kids' books. I'm starting to appreciate them now because I have yeah. to read them all the time. Yeah. So it's like yeah. I can actually now tell hell this is a shit children's book we're not getting this one but <laughs> but like how they have to tell a story in vivid detail yeah in such a short amount of time and also make it understandable for for the kid and, and then for it to work yeah i mean I, I don't know i haven't read one forever so i i couldn't really tell I, you like while doing it i was like but it's probably more at my reading level right? should, <laughs> yeah. we'll start you on some of these yeah. we'll put you and logan yeah. in the same reading class yes. yeah. we'll see right. we'll see who starts uh who starts getting better grades starts getting <laughs> It's gonna be the kid <laughs> who who reaches the goosebumps first yeah, yeah. who can get to that level so uh, other than that uh just been i've been hitting the video games hard like because i can't hit the sauce so i'm hitting the video games i can't drink so i'm just because you can get lost in the yeah. video games how big's your tv oh, shut up how big's your tv because i want to know if you can see what's happening oh wow you beat a 12 year old i don't care if you're 12 years old you have more time in the day to place i live in the real world my man with bills and responsibilities you take the fun out of beating you because you have an excuse to lose. Get a life, dude. Do you think it's possible that your mom won't love you anymore if she sees how bad you're losing in the game? Shut up! 
I've been uh, yeah. I've, I've been playing a lot of Apex Legends. It's a it's a new battle royale game that came out it's from the same developers as Titanfall and Titanfall Two, two of my my favorite shooters that have come out in the past couple of years. So it was a no brainer to pick that up. I've been playing with some some people online, which is not so. I usually when I play online, I play with friends, like people I know, like outside of video game world. These aren't like right, but for that. You know, most of my friends who play video games live in Australia. Our schedules don't match up. And that is a squad-based game. I need two other people to go in with me, and you have to talk. So it's like, all right. So I started going into, like, chat boards. I felt like it was like <laughs> it was like 1997, and I'm fucking logging into AOL. You've got mail. <laughs> and I'm, I'm literally going in. I remember those days. And it's like I'm typing age, sex, location. <laughs> Because I don't want to play. Oh my god! I don't want to play with a sixteen-year-old, yeah. you know, a kid and stuff like that. So one night I started playing. I didn't ask these people their ages, and we played until like four o'clock in the morning. And I'm fucking cracking up and laughing with these guys. And like I mentioned <laughs> something about work and something, and they were like, they're like, so what? What do you do? And I explained. They're like, oh shit, you're like real adult. And I was like, what are you guys like in your early twenties? And then one dude's like, I'm seventeen, and the other kid's like, I'm sixteen. It's like, yeah, we're juniors in high school. And I was like, I've been. <laughs> I've been cursing up a storm and saying like all this, all these fucking awful things. And there's these kids. And, but wow, it was, they are 16. And it was really interesting though, because I, I, I got to talk to them about how high school was different for us than it is for them. Oh, big time. Like, yeah. And, and like, the, the, it was like when we talked to our parents about it and stuff like that. So that was kind of cool. Like, I found out just how, like, how, how narrow their window of like, like something that could wind them in in a, a lot of like hot water like mm. if they get in a fight in school forget it like that's it they're homeschooled from then on they're expelled really yeah like the the one kid apparently like like made a very mundane comment to to a girl and she went to the principal and said she was offended by it and he got two weeks of of out of school suspension for his comment and had to do like had to do all of his work from home and stuff i was like jesus christ man like a comment landed me into the principal's office and i got a couple demerits or an after school detention for it like no you know that's it yeah, maybe you hurt their feelings write a heartfelt apology and spend two weeks in in after school detention cool whatever not like but it was interesting getting to talk to getting to talk to the well, younger. i know social media and and just technology in general plays a huge part in in this day and age but but also just learning you know right you can be so much more engaged and so much more involved now with the learning process i think nowadays more so than when we were in grade school but yeah it's it, it was an interesting experience i had fun playing the game at least yeah, so. that's cool <laughs> hey, i will vet, i will broaden vet your horizon i will vet my partners uh with with probably far less scrutiny now because i still had fun with those guys yeah. even though like looking for 16 and 17 year olds only <laughs> <laughs> no but what i mean was like i'm not saying they were mature but they weren't the jackasses that i expected you know yeah, yeah. from for being that age they were all they were they, they, they were quite fun all right jay you want to get into some of these listener questions sure let's do it you could ask yourself a question do i feel lucky well do you punk just raises too many questions. Excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. The answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. As we've been doing for the past couple weeks, we like to reach out on Twitter about 24 hours before we start recording and 
ask anyone if they have questions for us, or I'll pose a question to the listening audience, and they will ask their questions. So we got a bunch of questions to go through this week, but most of them don't involve too much discussion. So the first one comes with Duty of, of the Shake and Not Nerd podcast, and he says, you get to make a prequel to The Matrix that is about Morpheus being pulled from The Matrix. What time error is it in and who is playing Morpheus? I had a good actor in mind, someone who they haven't really like taken off yet, but they have had some big screen presence. And I think actually quite, you know, look the part. I'm talking about Ray Fisher. I think Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg in Justice League, I think he both could look the part, but also has the acting chops to do it. I think it's a solid choice. And definitely, I think we both agree with the 80s is the best. 1980s. Absolute 100%. best time frame to start that off with, you know? Absolutely. It's that world. Absolutely. Know? And I think I think that, that, that that's probably the best place to yeah. put that one. Let's see. Benjamin Hall on Twitter. He wanted to know, is Ghostbusters 3 unbelievable due to the lead actor's ages and the weight of the proton packs? And I, I love this question because, yeah, uh, you know, they, they make mention in the movie that the proton packs are heavy, you know, when they go to put them on. I Now, real world, how heavy those packs were? 40 pounds. That's how heavy the proton pack right, props right. were. So they were quite heavy and they look heavy. And there's even times where like the Ghostbusters fall over. Oh, yeah. They sell it. Yeah. When yeah. Zul knocks them down that they like it's hard to get up. Yeah. It's like a turtle shell on your back. So I say this. When I was a kid, me and my brother had a radio flyer wagon. And we used to put shit in that all the time. That's what these kids are going to be busting ghosts with. <laughs> they're dragging that radio flyer everywhere, and then they're going to then they're, they're going to use the proton packs. Look, I don't know how they're going to get around it. Do I think that that is a logistical core strength they've been working on? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Is that a is that a logistical problem that that Jason Reitman is going to have to tackle? I I think so because eagle eyed people like like Benjamin Hall here yeah. are going to call bullshit if oh, those yeah. kids put those backpacks on and don't immediately drop. My daughter's four years old and. I, I put her own backpack that she goes on school that she goes to school with and she immediately falls over. <laughs> it just throws her balance off so much. Like the I can one, see that. She's a little thing. The yeah. one morning she was like, I want to do it. So I put it on her back oh my God. and like I was holding her, like steadying her, and then I let go and she took a step and she goes, uh, uh. <laughs> she just falls over and falls on her back and uh. <laughs> She looks so miserable. So, yeah, uh, that, that is going to be a problem. Oh, my God. That's All so right. funny. Ziggy wants to know, if three characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe were scrolls from the beginning, who should they be? He's asking for three. I could think of... I could think of one right off the top of my head. I, I think that Black Widow would probably be a, a, a shoe-in for it. And then Scarlet Witch. I don't know this question. <laughs> so, all right. So, scrolls are a big- I still need to educate myself. I'm hoping that Captain Marvel educates me on right. this. Right. So, yeah. so, scrolls are a big deal now for the MCU because they are going to be making their first MCU appearance in mm -hmm. Captain Marvel. There was a huge storyline about, let's say, eight to ten years ago that was called Secret Invasion, where it turned out that a lot of the super superhero characters you've been following in the comics have actually been secret scrolls the whole time. Now, it it matters in the MCU whether scrolls are able to replicate powers of people in and you it know, sounds like not. a get out of jail free card. It like could be. They can literally do anything whatever any any given time. It's like a good you know, right? So I don't I, like it. So 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 let's just go with uh, let's go with I and I'm saying Scarlet Witch okay, and okay. and Black Widow and uh, it, it's possible that if they separate, does it have to be female? No, 
No, it could be male, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I really can't think of anyone. It'd be fucking nuts if Tony Stark was one now. Like, that would be Mm. truly, truly nutty if if it was Tony Stark. But one person we know it probably wouldn't be is Spider-Man, because Sony doesn't want them messing with with their money banks there. But I'm going to go with Tony Stark, Black Widow, and Scarlet Witch. Those are the ones. All right. Movie reviews in 20 questions podcast wants to know what... What the fuck? Why reboot is going to be announced soon? And I and I've said this. I said this about two episodes ago. I think it's coming. I think Back to the Future reboot <sighs> is in the works. I don't know why I get the feeling that it is. I just feel like that's something that shouldn't be touched, and it's going to be. Yeah, that or Goonies, because uh, they've been they've been dangling the Goonies sequel thing over the past couple of years. They had the cast get back together. They even they even talked about the you know uh, the the Warner Brothers even talked about doing a sequel with them all older and stuff. And then there was some issues, and and they never well, got off the it ground. Makes sense, you know, with the the surprise hit of uh, it right. and Stranger things exactly. and this kind of thing it's in that in that Stuff kind inspired of nostalgia wheelhouse with the horror and exactly. fun excitement and mystery it, it would make sense and if there's anything we learned when they try to do a long-awaited sequel and it doesn't pan out they go fuck it let's reboot it that's why we got ghostbusters so <laughs> that's my thing i think it, i think it's going to be back to the future i don't want it to be but ever i know me, but me neither it's going to be and which is funny it's almost serendipitous that later on we have a question that will tie into this uh so they also want to know conversely what movie would you actually like to see rebooted remade or whatever and i said this in the same episode i want the rocketeer to be remade and 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 kind of updated and bring it to because it's a very 90s movie it's i like it i like it you know it's but it's a guy from from the world war ii era a test pilot who gets his hands on a jetpack and he fights off nazis uh, <laughs> a secret nazi that's hiding within hollywood and it ends on a zeppelin it just hmm. the action wasn't there like they couldn't film the action well enough given the technology at the time uh but bringing it up to today's standards with today's technology i think they can actually make a pretty brilliant rocketeer movie and i'd like to see it not to mention it goes back to that picture uh, that i put up with captain america indiana jones and the rocketeer all together all owned by disney let's just make that happen baby okay (laughs) uh what film from the last year that wasn't nominated for anything is going to become a legit classic one of my favorite movies of 2018 and one that was on my top five list that i truly loved was uh upgrade logan marshall green was fantastic and i loved i loved that world i loved the gritty sci-fi violent horror and i think that's one that like in years to come is going to have some some huge legs uh or it would be annihilation uh, the Alex Garland film. I think that solid choice. I think that has legs in the sci-fi realm. I don't know if it'll ever be as big as like Blade Runner or the thing or alien or anything like that, but I don't think so, but I believe it's going to be held up as far as um, rewatchability. Exactly. A lot of people to, to discuss certain aspects of that movie. And I think, the, the visual aspect too holds up as well exactly and then the other one and this is just a personal one of mine ready player one 
It got it got it didn't get a lot of love. Uh, That's the controversial choice right there. I I like that movie a lot, and I I don't know why a lot of people don't. I didn't read very many negative reviews, but I didn't read anyone who was like, "Oh, I loved it." And it's like it took me a while to to really enjoy it. The first time I saw it, I was ho hum on it. Second time I watched it was when it came to HBO. I was like, "Yeah, it's slightly better." But then for some reason, I I ended up watching it more times mainly because like my brother i was over my brother's and he put it on and and we watched it together and we were having just fun picking out all these all these references and stuff like that and then it just became something that i can because it's so readily accessible exactly and i i think i think that has some legs especially if a sequel comes out and the sequel does really well too you know it'll it'll only elevate this yeah, one and for me it's leave no trace i just think that one held up uh, the most for me as far as being a well 100 percent completed movie really really solid and well done all right jay gerald from two peas on a pod podcast he would like to know when is the last time you cried at a movie while also having a boner <laughs> So when we get into what have you been watching this week, uh, I, I did see Won't You Be My Neighbor, the the Mr. Rogers documentary, and I did shed a few tears during that. However, I, I, I immediately wanted to shoot that to him as a response because I had just watched it that day. And then I read the, the second part that you had a boner during. <laughs> I did not have a boner during, during Mr. Rogers. I just can't imagine how you could. I mean, it just doesn't go hand in hand with me. I don't know. But according to Gerald, it, it, it it's the uh, it's the red cardigan that should have done it for me. <laughs> and the tennis shoes. Uh, oh gosh. I can't think of like any movie that's made me cry while having a boner. I mean, I guess I guess if there was a porno that had just like a really good emotional through line in it, I might I might get a boner while by being like, but she has cancer. <laughs> it's so sad. This is the last guy who's ever gonna I, pound her like that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, God, I don't know. I can't think of anything. This is the last time she's ever going to be a center of an orgy because <laughs> she has cancer. It's so sad. <laughs> I have no clue, Gerald. I honestly, I wish I could give you a better answer than that, but I just can't. All right. Robert from 9 to 5 Nerds Podcast. He wants to know, what are your thoughts on Aflac leaving and who could replace him? That's that's part one of the question. And I we did talk about this a little bit in the news last week with Affleck leaving. I'm cool with it. I think it was something we all saw coming. He's apparently been done for a long time, but Warner Brothers didn't want to officially announce it uh, until they had more more news to give people on the Batman. Now they have more news. They have more more stuff to that they can release about it. So they're comfortable saying that Ben Affleck is done. And if he wasn't into it anymore, or 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 he felt that you know it, he he couldn't deliver his best anymore, and that's kind of like what he was saying. Not to mention he's been going through a lot of personal issues as well as substance abuse issues and stuff like that. It all could wind up equaling tragedy for for, for the film, you yeah. know, which we all really want to do well because everyone loves everyone loves batman so i'm okay for those reasons of him leaving i did enjoy him as batman i thought he was really good as batman uh, me too i think he's one of the best actors to do really well both playing batman and bruce wayne and he looked fantastic in in the suit and stuff but 
you know, he's gone. And who I would like to replace him, I believe I said this as well last uh, last week, is Richard Madden. I like he played Rob Stark. We just saw him in Bodyguard uh, on Netflix, and I think he is young enough that they can get by with that younger storyline. But I think he has that brooding nature that that really works. Sure. And I, I I think it's a I strong choice. And I'm gonna also throw a name out there, Finn Wittrock. Um, I think oh, I think uh, he, there's a there's a chance that you know he could be up in the running there, and I think he's got the look. I think he's got the the capability to do the brooding young version of Batman, you know. But he's also so good looking now, like he's so he, he is, was in. He was but in, I've seen him in some stuff, and he's a good actor. So he he's pretty diverse. So he's in he's in American Horror Story. Uh, you might remember him from the Freak Show season where he played Dandy, I believe was his name. Right. Um. But yeah. Yeah, uh, he's very pretty though. <laughs> like, he's, I know, he's very. Pretty. I know he's very pretty. Um, <laughs> like he's, but there, there's something there that I feel like he can, he can play. If they're gonna do a young Batman, if he's, I think if he's you slap a, tits, he's a on, solid choice. If you slap tits on him and he tucked it back, <laughs> I, I might, like, he is pretty. <laughs> he is. He, he, is. he, he would he, not last in jail. Yeah. He, <laughs> he may make a good Dick Grayson though, because Dick Grayson's supposed well, to be that's like where his that. name first got caught up in, right. in that world, and and. And so, you know, fans wanted him to do uh, play that role. But this is, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But there's a lot of interesting choices out there. All right. Uh, fair enough. the studio. All right, Jay. And he also wants to know how we feel about Daniel Kaluuya putting on the cow. And I think, you know, he's a fantastic actor. I, yeah. Especially after uh, seeing Widows, you, you see him playing the bad guy very well yeah i mean and i've seen him in- and it's not like batman's a bad guy but batman has a dark side so you almost sure, want someone sure. who who he, has he, that he has that menace inside of him yeah. um and so you know I, I mean i can't see it but i i do like him as an actor quite a bit um i do worry that like if he was cast do i think he'd do a fantastic job hell yeah do i do would it bother me at all no i i i don't mind when they change things up like that like that you know they they they've changed races for for a lot of characters uh i just wonder if they did that would that news overshadow the film and 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 and, and is that kind of like the whole james bond thing yeah, you exactly. know right? if, i mean if it, idris alba became james bond would that and I, I you know everybody knows that i was uh, against that um i just thought it was going to be too jarring um for everybody and um yeah i don't know i mean it, it's just one of those things like in time yeah we will be getting those things to to happen but Maybe it's a little too soon. Uh, I don't know if it's too soon. Or maybe I, not so too soon, but like right. you got to rip the bandaid off at some point. I know? don't know whether the people who run the studios are are quite ready to to make that leap you know i don't i don't know if anyone any big wigs at warner brothers are are willing to do that but yeah i think he can make a fantastic batman there has been an african-american batman before stanley presents you know stanley wrote rewrote origins for a lot of the dc superheroes and batman was one of them and he made him african-american in that so if they did start doing like those elseworlds type thing i think people would buy it in that case, but recasting it after having Ben Affleck and stuff, I, I don't think enough audiences would go for it. And I don't think that the studio would make such a drastic change, you know, but I think he would knock it out of the park for sure. All right. Mike, Mike and Oscar want to know, do we think that we will rewatch the original Aladdin before the remake? Will you choose to rewatch it 
overseeing the remake or neither. So I'll let Jay field this because I have a four-year-old daughter who loves Disney princesses, and I see Aladdin multiple times in a month, whether I want to or not. (laughs) Well, I used to own the Sega Genesis video game, actually, way back when. Um, I was a huge fan of the original, um, the movie, the music. Um, I am not so far on anything to do with any teaser trailer so far for this property. I, 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 I will rewatch it probably before I, I do see this movie, I, I think, to be honest. Um, and um, I'm not sure if that's going to help or hurt my viewing experience. Probably right. hurt it. I don't know exactly, but I think it's still, I don't really give a shit. I'm going to watch it probably before I, I see it in theaters. And because uh, it has been a very, very long time since I've seen it. And I'm looking forward to it. So, I mean, for, for me, I'm going to watch it probably 15 dozen more times before the Aladdin movie actually comes out. And I probably will take Logan to see the Aladdin movie. Uh, I will do my best to separate the two like I did with Beauty and the Beast and like I did, you know, with with Cinderella and some of the other ones that they've made. Uh, There are a lot of people who were asking us about it. Uh, So Cinematically Correct wants to know how we feel about the live action remake of Aladdin. Do we think that Will Smith will make a good genie? We also have Pranav who asked us, what do you think of a shot for shot remake Disney is doing right now? Does it add anything else? Other than nostalgia, or is it really enriching the movie-going experience? So, for as far as that stuff goes, uh, I would say that... I'm not, you know, they're not always shot for shot remakes. There are differences between the Beauty and the Beast that that came out live action and the Beauty and the Beast from the animated one from 1989, I think that came out. And they they took a lot of liberties with the Cinderella live action that they did and they caught a lot of flack for that. Mm-hmm. Like they caught a lot of flack for it. So it might have made them gun shy cuz that movie didn't do too well. Um so and they've been more successful by sticking to shot quote unquote shot. the script, you know, right, yeah. of, of the story and the bullet points. However, I I'm not sure whether it is a hundred percent nostalgia. I mean, you got to remember for us, a lot of it is though. going to see it. It's nostalgia for me, for Jay, for my wife, for most of you listening to this yeah, podcast. It's our generation who are the parents now right. bringing their own kids exactly. into the theaters. Right. And you, yeah. I mean, making movies now, everything's got to be a franchise and with franchises, just like Marlboro cigarettes, you got to hook them while they're young. You exactly. gotta hook them while they're young. It's what Star Wars has been trying to do. I mean, that's Disney's new mantra is to get people in. If they get them in at a young age, they continue pumping out movies that speak to them, that speak to their parents. You're going to keep bringing those kids. It also floods people into the Disney parks and floods their pockets again. I mean, that's what it's all about. So it is twofold. It's it's nostalgia, but they also have to service a, a new fan exactly. base. And they and they don't. It's a different kind of viewing experience, exactly. right? So you're going to have your animation side you're gonna have your live action side um as long as they can produce a still a quality movie that you know satisfies the viewers and and the fans they're okay because they're gonna make the money exactly and for and as for how the genie looks i i tried to watch that trailer knowing full well that special effects are not complete on that yet was i happy with the way he looked 
No, uh, his head kind of seemed like it was still like floating around, like Mark Ruffalo's in the in the, in the mm. Hulkbuster armor in Infinity War. But I, I know the effects aren't done on that yet. That was a little, it was a little blobby. I know they're going to go in. They're going to add some some detail to it. But as far as like Will Smith's performance goes, we're not going off a whole lot, right? We're going off of one line that he says. You really don't know who I am. Genie, wishes, lamb, none of that ringing a bell. It felt a little too much like Will Smith. It, but it's, I don't think Will Smith can be anything but Big Willie. <laughs> like he's Big Willie. That's who he is. And I guess. I mean, and honestly, this was kind of how I envisioned him trying to look like the genie in that garb. <laughs> and it was like kind of weird to actually see it and hear it. And it just doesn't work for me. And then maybe it just takes a little bit more time what to kind of marinate in it. But that's not the big problem for me. The big oh, problem for God. me is, really is difficult. when Jafar tells him to bring him the lamp in the, uh, in the earlier part of that teaser trailer. And he's like, okay, bring yeah. me the lamp. And I'm like, that's not what you sound like. Jafar had like depth and gravitas to his voice. Touch nothing. Bring me the lamp. Like, <laughs> what's with this guy's like, bring me the lamp. <laughs> bring me the lamp, Aladdin. <laughs> bring me the lamp. He's like this. It's it's like it's like so it's it's literally like someone walked up, kicked Jafar in the balls, and he goes, ooh. <laughs> He's got like this such a Maybe high pitched voice, I don't know. Uh, and and he's no. very young, right? Like like I don't, I'm not buying the whole like twisted evil <laughs> sorcerer that he is. I'm I'm looking at this guy, and I was just like, I mean, he he looks like a, a Saudi prince on Instagram. <laughs> like, I don't know what else. Yeah. To, I don't know what to make of him. So uh, look, me and Jay are both. I'm probably more on board for the for these remakes uh, um, than Jay is. I'm not yeah. all for them doing this forever, though. You know. I, I think this is going to be a fad for the next two or three years for Disney, and then they're going to back off of it. I think, I think you know, you get it. Or they're going to at least scale down. Exactly. I think Dumbo is going to be a big flop, and I think Lion King is going to be a huge seller. They'll probably do one or two more after that. I think rumors are Pinocchio has now been greenlit. They got Mulan. They got um, several other ones that are going to be live action coming out. But I think if-, if they, I think Dumbo is going to be a hit. If, I don't think it's going to flop. If they start having missed steps if they start you know doing solo numbers you'll see them go like yeah turns out we're not doing mulan <laughs> turns out we're not doing we're not we're not doing pocahontas we're not doing this we're yeah, not we'll doing see. that uh they, they're being very open about course correcting these days over there at Disney. but like i mean obviously lion king's gonna be a huge hit but like you said if if dumbo actually does flop and aladdin actually flops that's a that's gonna be a big shift in Disney's schedule going forward with these uh, remakes. All right, Jay, we're down to our last two questions. We're gonna start wrapping this up. So Chris from A Dash of Science, who you know we will talk about later on, he wants to know the Martian gets a lot of chatter for being pretty good with its science in a lot of places. Are there any other movies you know of that just really nailed a lot of the aspects of science behind the film? And you know, I I can think of one that I was just watching watching because mm. i had to do it for movie homework gattaca and i'm not sure whether it was scientifically accurate at the time that it was made however with crispr technology and stuff that has all come out we can edit genes now that the whole human genome has been mapped we can do what's been done in that movie and that future is a very real possibility yeah. more so now than it was in 1997 so whether they meant to or not it's, it is it's very very true and i, I think i think it was a little bit uh, ahead of its time um and and also for me, I would say her. Her is, you know, is almost it's almost now current <laughs> in this day and age with 
you know, it's falling true. in love with a with a program operating system service where you you purchase this kind of high tech and technology that is customized to you and your desires or whatever you're seeking and to adapt and learn and mold into a almost a non-physical person to have a relationship with and i think it's going to be it's going to be around certainly when in if in probably in a decade or two and i think it's going to be a very addictive thing for a lot of people oh, as it does in the movie and when, see and, how that evolves and when her came out you know apple home and alexa Ooh, and boy. those things yeah. weren't as prevalent as they are now but if you think about it a lot of people have those have those things running their houses and as time goes on those things are going to get more and more sophisticated and should sure. become more and more like an artificial intelligence until they actually do it and the thing becomes sentient grows arms and then just fucking kills you yeah it puts you in the oven and cooks you alive and actually uh, but also you know there's other movies out there like it the is- shitty transcendence movie that was that had a great concept that really holds a lot of truth to today still to this day it was just a poorly done movie well apparently gravity was supposed to be like gravity but uh and interstellar but interstellar has a lot of like quantum theory and stuff like that involved in it however I have actually listened to Neil deGrasse Tyson do commentary Mm. (laughs) on these movies, and I love it because all these movies that I thought were super scientifically accurate aren't. Like Interstellar apparently has some, according to to Neil deGrasse Tyson, has some egregious errors in it. Even The Martian, even he, you know, he did say that that is the closest thing that people have like really gotten to. However, there are certain things that don't make sense. So, so he says like just the physics of the windstorm on Mars given how powerful they they, they can be wouldn't actually happen that way but okay. he understands that it was done for for reasons so uh, as long as the film makes me believe it yeah it's all that's matters. what matters yeah, that's all that matters if it and and that's that's the big because deal again for me. it's science fiction right that's absolutely right all right Jay and the final final one is the Latin X point of view podcasts uh, they want to know if they remade Back to the Future, who would star in it today as Marty McFly and Dr. Brown? Whoa, this is heavy. Fuck you, dude. Because like I said, serendipitous. It's mm. like he knew that that's the movie that I would say. This is hard. So first off, don't remake it. Don't put that fucking, yeah. don't you put that evil on me yeah. <laughs> by having me cast it. But I think like some some easy shot in the barrel, guys. Zach Efron to be to be Marty. However, I think Marty needs to be a little bit more nerdy, maybe maybe a little bit more of an outcast. So I, I, so. I think I think we uh, I think we got the right guy, Ansel Egort, right? Ansel Egort. Yeah, I, I think that's our guy because he's got to go back in time. Dun, 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 dun. Got to go I, back in time. I can't see anybody else but him, and I know he would do it too, probably because he's that kind of actor right now that. He's just chomping at the bit, and he's getting cast in with all these great directors, and and he was just cast in uh, in the fucking uh, Spielberg movie. Yeah, An- another another guy that I think would would do great is Ty Sheridan, uh, Freddy Player One. Come on, he's already driven the DeLorean. Why not? He already he's already with Spielberg. Another solid choice. And if they did if they did a reboot of of Back to the Future, Spielberg would still be producing it. Yeah. So now, I, what about Doc? Because there's endless possibilities with that. All right. So for me, I came up with like Christoph Waltz. Um, I think having it like a German immigrant I see scientist. It, but it's a little ho hum. I, I I was I was, I was thinking like Johnny Depp because he's you know no, kind of that no. age. The other one. Of, the other one I went there, with was Christopher Walken. <laughs> too old. Listen, Marty. But- 
You know, maybe there is a plutonium gas station on every corner in 1985, but yeah, 1955. <laughs> it's a terrible walk. And I have such the, I have a worst walk. I hit my head on a sink and I came up with a flux capacitor. <laughs> God, I'm trying, I feel like we're missing somebody. There's could be somebody perfect for it. Well, let's let other people just reach yeah, out to us. Yeah, reach and out let to us, us then. Let, let us know who you think would play Marty and who you think would play Doc Brown. Uh, I still go with Christoph Waltz. I love Christoph Waltz. There's a lot of things he does. I right still for go me. with just don't touch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I don't want. Don't this. do that at all. But so let's head over and let's get into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Oh, he's watching. What were you watching this week? Well, as I mentioned, I think an episode or two ago, that I have never seen LA Confidential. Okay. Well, I finally saw it. And, you know, I get it. It is a solid noir classic. I mean, it's it's very well done. Before we go any further, while you were watching LA Confidential for, for, for pleasure, did you do your work? Did you do your movie homework? I did. Okay. Did you watch the movie Cocktail that we're supposed to be doing on Patreon, Serenity? I did. Oh, my God. I am 100% up to date. I should make you sick every week so you do what you're fucking supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is going to turn into a misery thing like very quickly. I'm going to eventually just tie you to but a bed and break w- your knees and make you One watch of the two movies. I could see being homework. The one... I really enjoyed, and I thought it was a great surprise. The other one, I don't understand why it's homework. It's shit. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, LA Confidential. Yeah, it is like one of those. It, I, I think like it, it just didn't. I don't know why a lot of people don't talk about it as much today. I, I see it on a lot of lists for like why it's so great, but I don't. I don't like hear a lot of people like praise it anymore. You know, like it's kind of an old style of make movie making. You know, it's L.A. It's you know, nineteen ninety seven movie. It's it's got a lot of cliches that I think are a little dated. You know, with how you handle situations and how you treat um, law, the public. Like women, you know, like there's a lot of stereotypes that are kind of old school. And granted, it is uh, set in the 50s. East, we don't do that anymore in the movies anymore, especially with these kind of big projects with these right. ensembles. Right. When they try um, to do it, they wind up with mobs with with mob squad or mo- yeah. What was it Mobster Squad? It was uh, Gangster Squad. Gangster Squad. Yeah. yeah. So memorable. I can remember the name. Mm. <laughs> Ryan Gosling's worst movie ever. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What else did you watch this week? I saw Suspiria. That was uh, Luca Guadagnino's movie, horror movie that he remade. And the, the, the remake of the Dario Argento classic. Have you seen it? I've seen the original. Right. I have not seen the new one. Okay. Did you like the original? I love the original. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I'm curious to see what the original is. I, I think I might give it a shot one day. This movie is beautifully well done shot it is you know with the production values and and you know even with some of the acting and direction and all that but it's still it just doesn't work it's so somber it's so long i mean it's a two and a half hour movie and there's no there's just not a there's no payoff there's no the horror when it comes finally like towards the the final act and they're they're all based in acts, so it's like five acts or something like that. It, right. it just it you you are so done with this movie and being in this <laughs> world where like you just don't care. I hear I hear um, a lot. It was of very under, that. Uh, very. Uh, 
un- underwhelming overall as a film whole. So from, from uh, what I hear, as far as like a film, its atmosphere is is crazy. Oh, it's there. It's there. It's crazy. But as far as like story goes and stuff, it's it's just it really it really lacks any type of cohesion that that people would come to expect in films of today. You Wherever, need somebody I, to reel them in a little r- bit more. Right. But when I watch a movie from the seventies, especially one that's kind of like considered like an a uh, 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 a horror art house classic i kind of expect that from it you know mm-hmm. uh but when you get it in a modern film I, I i think that's what's like throwing a lot of people off is like it's it, it, it the sentiment isn't there right. because it isn't like a classic and uh, he, he is a, pa- a patient filmmaker so he doesn't shy away from dead space and time on screen like you know he's not gonna be quick to the cut um, so, you know, this kind of did him a disservice in this kind of, uh, genre in this world. All right. That's awesome, man. Uh, I do still want to see the 2018 Suspiria. However, I, I'm, I'm sure like, you know, while I enjoyed the 1977 one, it's not one that it's not anything I go back to a lot and I really appreciated it. So I, I highly doubt I'll appreciate this one as much as I appreciate that one. Uh, for me, I, I really only got into watching one thing. Other than True Detective, which I thought this week's episode was one of the most solid and one of the best episodes they've had mm-hmm. uh, in the season so far. But I got around to watching, because it just came to HBO, Won't You Be My Neighbor? It is the story of Fred Rogers and his one-man crusade to bring education to children. But not even like education. He just wanted to talk to children on an emotional level um and it was it's crazy you know while i was watching it because like he was he was kind of like such a pioneer with this quiet little show that wound up becoming such a phenomenon and i think it's because of his heart that he put into it that it did but jay there's some crazy shit that that actually like went on on that so you know robert f kennedy was killed and he he did this episode where he has uh, a woman blowing up a balloon and then the cat, David, who basically, you know, added, a- acted kind of as like his proxy while she's blowing it up. He asked her to let the air out and she starts letting the air out. And the cat in this little kid's voice goes, what's assassination mean? <laughs> and, it's, and and the reason he wanted to do that is because kids are watching the news with their parents. Their parents are talking about assassination all over the place. And for a four or five year old kid, what does that even mean? All kids know is someone got hurt on TV. And now everyone's using this word. And it's, so it's something that a kid would ask. So he kind of wanted to not shy away from topics like that. Sure. And talk to, sure. talk to kids about that. Uh, he even did an entire series, like uh, an entire like week on death. Like he started out by like looking at the fish tank. He always fed the fish on the show and he goes, Oh, look at that down there. Do you guys see a dead fish in there? And he's like, you can tell it's dead. Because it's not moving like the other fish. <laughs> and and he talked about death and stuff like that. So it was he didn't shy away from like tough topics with kids, but he but he did it by talking to them on their level, which is right. what made him so popular. And then, you know, you come to find out that like later on he kind of comes under fire later on in his career because, you know, a lot of people point the finger at him for for millennials and stuff, and they're saying like it's because of you that everyone thought they were supposed to be so so special and they're not. And and the way like he always defended himself was I never said that any of you that anyone would go on to do great things 
but that all of you are special in a way that you deserve love. Even even in 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 being mundane, mm-hmm. you're still deserving and should be accepting of love. And that's and that's the only message he ever wanted to give to people. He never wanted a child to feel unloved, which is why his show always felt so intimate and so personal. Um, but he he also like like we were talking about Suspiria. He didn't shy away from from awkward moments. He at one point put an egg timer down. He said it for a minute. And he sat in silence while the egg timer ticked down. And he goes, that's how long a minute is. That's great. That's great. <laughs> right. And But like for a kid, like the, our parents tell them, wait a minute, wait one minute, please. And to a kid, it's okay. Now, how about now? Right. It's this is what a minute is. Right. Right. So it's it's kind of like I just I really liked the heart that went into this as well. All the people who who just who talked about him, you know, they had such a loving and fondness for him. Um, and even I didn't I didn't know this, but the guy who played the police officer on it was was gay. And for a while, you know, Fred Rogers didn't want that getting out. He was actually seen at a gay bar at one point, and Fred Rogers came to him and said, "You know why we can't have that?" But later on, you know, uh, as as Things got more progressive and stuff, and I think you know Fred Rogers got closer with him and stuff like that. He 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 allowed him to be a little bit more open about it and told him that it was okay and that he's always known and he's always you know respected him and stuff. And people had always accused Fred Rogers of also being gay, and that guy was like, no, <laughs> no, my my gaydar is on point, <laughs> and he was not. But it's it's honestly truly fascinating and it teaches you a lot about not only the man but also the the beginnings of public broadcasting mm-hmm. and uh and, and kind of like the milestone that that was and and kind of like what that started and how involved yeah i, I really did want to see this before uh, we recorded so i can talk about it as well but i will get to it eventually now i know there's an absolute head scratching uproar about why this is not nominated for an academy award under uh, the best documentary um, segment so do you agree i mean I, i'm sure i mean obviously you haven't seen all the other nominees however but um do you think this is worthy of a yeah. nomination i mean i think i yeah. think it does i mean i heard nothing but good things about it no it, it 100 does um because it's not only talking about an iconic TV figure that all of us are familiar with, but it's telling you a lot of things about about life, right? The message and the, everything, the, right? Like the that. the yeah. subject matter in it yeah. that I don't think it, it's not a message that we really get much anymore. It's mm-hmm. not there for 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 youth or even for us as adults and stuff. Where you know he also not only did he do a children's show, he also did adult shows too uh, on PBS. Where he actually took a break for a very long time. He was one of the first people to syndicate himself. He had like 164 episodes, like all stored up, and like he basically announced on the show like one time he's like starting you know next week. We're we're going to start replaying them all from episode one all the way up while he went off and did other things. And a lot of what he did was adult programming for PBS where he talked with people in prison. You know, he talked he talked with people with, from, from different careers and stuff like that. And he p- kind of brought the same message, but to adults. And, yeah. uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people, a lot of people know that. And I think it's, it's, it's something that, yeah, I think we're, we're missing in our world. And I think like, that's why everyone gravitated to it so much when this, when this came out, not only is it recognizable, but it's sending a message that we, that we all, that we all are kind of lacking. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it, yeah, it could have been, it could have been nominated and, and I, I don't think anyone would have 
would, would have I now not seen it. I don't know whether it should have won or not, but you know, I yeah. really, really enjoyed it. And there were several times where, yeah, I did get choked up. And, um, but I absolutely, I'm sure I will. I absolutely loved it. And it actually gave me kind of like something to, in a personal level, made me connect with, with Mr. Rogers more because I didn't know this, but growing up in his adolescence, he was chubby. You know, he was, and, and, and in, inside, you know, he had some insecurities and stuff about that. Yeah. And they, they talk about how he's always been 143 pounds his entire life and he would get on the scale and he never wanted it to change from that 143 because he had been so big at one point. Um, and for me, like watching it, it's, it's, it's just kind of sobering to know that even when he's past that point in his life, it has left such a, a scar on him. Cause I, I feel like even, you know, with, with how much you know i try to diet and i lose weight i don't i i look at that and i think like i i probably will never be okay with myself it's probably just something that i i I need to become comfortable with myself first i need to love myself first before i can start you know really caring about about my body and stuff like that and it's something that you know it, it just it just spoke to me, and it's a very small moment in in the documentary. But it was something that like really spoke. It's to all me. it takes sometimes, yeah. But like after it, you know, I I really was thinking, and I was like, every time we watch the news or we look around in the world, and we think that things are pretty shitty, and that people in general are just shitty. You can always remember that Fred Rogers was a real person, and he existed, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. The world kind of seems a little bit better because you know that it can produce a gem like that every now and then. So I, I really, I really enjoyed the documentary. And I hope it's, so now it's on HBO. Everyone gets a chance to kind of see it. Uh, it had a very limited theater release. So now that it's available for a more wider audience, I, I hope people really take the time to check it out, especially if you grew up uh, watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. It gives you some, some insights into the man in a cardigan and tennis shoes. <laughs> All right, Jay. So let's head over and let's get into our movie homework for this week movie homework this week i got around to watching a film that you've been had on my that that you've had on my movie homework for quite some time and you got to watch one that i just added to your list last week so why don't we start off with you man what was the film that you watched attack the block yeah boy (laughs) i love this movie yes 2011's movie so this this was um i've vaguely heard of this title um for a little while now and it's written and directed by joe cornish and this guy hasn't done a terrible amount of stuff as far as directing wise for any kind of real substance or i mean really he he's done some little things here and there but attack the block is his only real hit and he just did uh the the kid who would be king which comes out i think just this past week or so it, it doesn't look anything special let's put it looks like a studio fluff movie it, it, uh, it really does Let's just be honest. But this movie is hardly that. It really packs a punch. Um, it is extremely British. 
It's with, also with, with its uh, slang and it's also executive produced by Edgar Wright. It is, it is, and you know it does star John Boyega. John Boyega. That's I right. mean, this might be one of his earlier films, and this is the he movie plays that a got fifteen-year-old kid. This is the movie that got him the role for Finn. It makes sense because he does play a really good leading man. Yeah, and he's our shithead teen gangsters. <laughs> yeah, in South London, and they're just simply trying to protect their block that's right from this weird random alien invasion that they nobody understands they never really explain right but they they, um, they will fight over their block like with other rival gangs or yeah, whatnot yeah. but everyone will come together when the block is attacked and I, I i love the way it starts uh with with like the the bald naked like alien thing like it's an orangutan it's it's this it's that and they're all like it's something crazy man we're gonna take it and sell it for money <laughs> yeah they just don't know what to do i mean it's it's just it's a really well done movie like the, yeah. as far as the direction and the writing and and you know, it's all in one night. It's all it's all taking place in one night, and and, and just like you how know, the shit show just snowballs into more and more confusion and chaos, and just trying to survive and figure out how to defeat these fuckers. Yeah. You know, well, uh, one of the things that I love about it is it, it does a fantastic job of blending that sci-fi action with with comedy, right? But and yeah. it, but it's also with teenagers, so it so it adds that it adds that level of immaturity that mm-hmm. you know you can allow yourself to kind of laugh at, at how immature they are and stuff like that at times. Oh yeah, even little nuances like you know one kid's in a dumpster hiding. Yeah, yeah. And he's leaving like a voicemail or something to his mom. He's like, I promise I'll never do anything bad ever again. <laughs> yeah. Like oh my god, like everyone has said that at one point or another when they're a kid. But I also love the creatures in this man, like because they are like these 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 bumbling apes sort of, but also in the first um i would say maybe the first half or so they really did a good job at not really showing them no, just if you got a very glimpse of it it was a blob pizza. yeah very very sparse absolutely and i i just love the effects for them they're like there's these black morbus blobs that move like apes but then when they open their mouth they have these bright neon like colors inside their mouth yeah. and it's like it's it was interesting yeah they did a good job with interesting it. creature design uh nick frost is is hilarious in it as yeah. well as the he's, weed dealer he's a, he's a solid weed dealer <laughs> uh it's dude if if you haven't seen it i encourage everybody I, I do. to if get you, out if there you guys like it. this kind of genre um it easily could fly on our, under everybody's radar go seek it out it's really fun really cool yeah absolutely and jay i got around to watching something that you've been trying to get me to watch for some time i watched gattaca with who i gotta assume is like your original ryan gosling someone that you loved so much uh, ethan hawk like you love ethan hawk and jude, I do. and jude law i do both <laughs> so, of them and both of them are in this it was like movie porn yeah so this was written and directed by andrew nickel and he's also known for the truman show and the host which is it's very strange the the, that that real shitty film from 2013 it's kind of like his uh his filmography kind of like drops off at a certain point i mean he's uh, he's done some lot of trial and error movies but he did direct lord of war which is actually a film that i really really enjoy so the story of gattaca is about it's not even like a dystopian future it's a not too distant future where they have mapped the human genome and 
are able to genetically create superior humans. Uh, they, they can take out things unwanted, things as little as male pattern baldness or a fat gene or, but they also take out serious illnesses, cancer, uh, congenitive heart disease, stuff like that. You know, they're able to take all that stuff out. And, but then what winds up happening because of the popularity of this and because become, because it becomes more standardized, it becomes more affordable. And people of even lower stature, middle class or so, mm-hmm. are able to afford genetic editing for their children. And what what winds up happening is a class system of those who, and, and I love the word for them, degenerates, <laughs> who are people who are unedited, or the nicer way they put it, uh, that Uma Thurman puts it, a god baby, like you know, right? Uh, you right. know, so, someone who was born out of love and not necessarily from a lab, and you know, it, those and the genetically superior, and that's the way it becomes. It's no longer a system of like what color is your skin. It's more of a system of, you know, what do you got under the hood? Like sure, and yeah. the, the 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 less that's what it's all about. Yeah, the 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 less genetic defects you have, the more opportunities you'll have in society and it's about you know this one guy vincent who is played by ethan hawk who has a dream of going to space but because of his genetic makeup and not being edited no one will give him the time of day so he has to pretty much hire a man and a doctor played by tony shalhoub the doctor Mm. and the man's jude law to basically switch identities almost or or he take over his identity and because everything in this society runs around dna you know your your punch card for work is your dna you know you have to give blood to to go into work uh there there's there is so much piss and 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 blood in this movie like this movie is like just like half this movie is opening the refrigerator and seeing vials of blood and piss (laughs) like i swear to god but that's that's the level just the level of uh security but also scrutiny like they are supposed to be perfect human beings so you know to you know also for security purposes you know like they're going through these these tests right and he wants to be an astronaut that's really what it is he's going through the test to like become right but, um, but really an astronaut of some sort so he has to meet these qualifications to get to that point but really what the film is 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 truly about it's about it's, know, it's really, about destiny yeah. it's about yeah. it's it's about that we can make our own path and right. hard work can pay exactly. off and that's really what it is but yeah. but in in this society that's not enough so he has to take the extra steps to do it but nothing is impossible like he tells uma thurman she she's better off than him genetically however she still has a, a a minor heart defect which keeps her from ever going into space but there's that moment where they're touching each other's chest and he's like feel mine it's just like yours and you can do it too you just kind of have to take some unrealistic steps to get yeah, there yeah. Um, but all of all of, you know this his whole world comes crashing down when there is a murder at, at his work and someone gets a hold of a minute little eyelash and they're able to find out that there's someone in there who's not supposed to be there uh, he left a piece of himself behind his, his real self, Vincent, not 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 Jerome, who he's been playing. So uh, I 
I, I liked that little tie-in and stuff like that. And, you know, I heard, oh, I, I watched a couple of things about people like reviewing it and stuff after I watched it. And a few people mentioned that the murder was inconsequential to the story. And it's like, no, it's extremely important to the story. The resolution of the murder of who committed the murder is, the murder is inconsequential. Like that doesn't matter. Who, who actually committed the murder doesn't matter. The fact that it happened and leads him right. to this cat and mouse game with the police um, and always trying to fool them into thinking that he is Jerome and not Vincent. Mm-hmm. Um, the twist at the end, which I don't want to spoil for anybody who hasn't seen it, I was not particularly in love with, though. Yeah. So, 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 so that, that, that there's, there's, there is a twist at the end, which I, I felt like was was very tacked on. Th- th- this film could have could have handled it in like a, a different way. Although I do love how like there are some people that while he thinks he's been brilliant this entire time and he's fooled so many people, it turns out he fooled less people than he actually thought. There's just other people that are like him or or think like him and feel that there should not be a caste system like this and mm-hmm. that, that there is no such thing as genetic superiority. Uh, one of the things that I found like pretty haunting was the test that they do on babies. Like it's minutes after a baby's born, they take the baby's blood from the heel and they run it and they see if there's any any defects and stuff like that. And that's it. You are now pre- you know, predisposed to all the stuff that's on this list. They say like one in 100 chance that that thing is correct. One in 100, Jay, out of billions of people. You know what that equals? They're wrong millions of times. But people are assigned this genetic makeup and it follows them around like conviction pretty much. Yeah. Like yeah. you can only you can only reach this lot in life because of your genetic. Pre- but it's only it's like all the stuff in there. It's one in 100 chance. Now, he was given a uh, he was given until the age of three to live, really. And here he is in his late twenties, you know, bucking the system. Yeah, he's always been fighting. Yeah, it's a stick it to the to survive, to stick it to the man fighting type movie. It to, to best his brother or match his brother. Yeah, but it's really interesting, like when they get into it, like how he goes about fooling people and stuff like that in like ways that you can never imagine. But it also took teamwork. You yeah. know, he, he needed help. Jude Law is the tragedy in the movie. Like he's the tragic character uh, yeah. in the movie, uh, and you you wind up not liking him, and then liking him, and then really you know being like why why did he have an ending like that unfortunately but you know i well in his in his world that's yeah he you know i really enjoyed it you know i really like the sci-fi world they set up and it definitely has more weight now than it did in 97 when it came out sure because like i said this technology yeah. to do all this stuff we just had a doctor in, sci- in in china who was arrested because he actually took babies that he was that, that that he was doing genetic makeup on and he, while they were before they were implanted he removed the gene for cancer it sounds like a great thing but th- it's so untested he did it without the parents knowledge and stuff like that he's going to jail for it so there is like kind of like an international worry that like while we have this technology how will we use it or should it ever be used? Yeah, it's it's still, it's still like we have the technology to clone. However, there's international laws that prevent cloning from uh, cloning a human from taking place, but we can clone organs. So how long before the line gets blurred and you're fooling yourself. If you don't think some scientist has cloned a human out there. It's oh, been they've done. done it before. It's been done. Me? It just, they, they can't write a report about it. So they'll go to jail, but it's been fucking done. So yeah. uh, we have the technology to do these things. So watching this, it kind of feels like this is not too far off 
uh, and it, I, I, I I'm bet happy you, you finally saw it because I knew this yeah. was going to be right up your I wheelhouse. I bet you in 1997 yeah. they felt like that too. So maybe in another 20 yeah, years true. you could still go watch this movie and go, man, yeah. that's not that far off. <laughs> but uh, the only my only downside to it is it really does at points reek of the 90s like it just there are some moments in it where i was like man that's so 90s some 90s tropes yeah (laughs) so back to one of our listener questions i would i maybe a gattaca update (laughs) maybe maybe get a reboot of gattaca yeah that'd be cool i I love these sci-fi worlds you know that that they built and this one was was pretty interesting uh i i you know i would like to see a little bit more of like the political fallout like some some of the world as a large like how it dealt with this because we're seeing a personal story that exists in this world but i mean you you know like politicians and stuff are are these genetically superior people too like you know what what rights does a person who isn't genetically altered have you know or or how far does that Mm -hmm. go like how far does that continue to descend you know because it it's they do believe that at some point as human beings progress that this is a very real possibility millions of years down the line there will be the genetic superior and the genetic inferior and will almost be like two different species. It's crazy, crazy stuff. It's but crazy. Gattaca was a interesting film. Definitely made you think. And you can't go wrong when Alan Arkin's in a film. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Mic drop. All right. So coming up next, me and Jay got to run through this week's news. It's time for the news. All right, Jay, we got a bunch of news stories to run through, but most of these don't require too much commentary. So first up, Aquaman 2 is officially in development. I don't think this is a this is a no-brainer, right? It's it's kind of like their most profitable movie since Wonder Woman, and everything else around the DCEU seems to be falling apart. So Warner Brothers is going to double down on what's popular so they can keep putting shit out. In other DCEU news... Shazam has a post credit scene, but who will we see in it? So the directors of the film It's ha- Superman. Have has, it has, ar- to be. has already said that it is not The Rock. He was asked very blankly, you know, very bluntly, like, is The Rock in this? And he goes, Well, you know, we 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 didn't we don't know whether The Rock was available. Meaning we never asked. We don't know whether he was available because we never asked if he was available. Cause we're saving everything for The Rock for Shazam 2 or or even his own solo film, Black Adam. So they didn't even ask him to 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 come in it 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 was never really even discussed but when asked about Henry Cavill, they were not able to give such a definitive answer. Mm. Uh, now, Henry Cavill, we know, had that Instagram video where he's like, you know. Bulking up again. Right. But yeah, he's bulking up again. But then there was also like the Instagram video where he's like, I'm out. And then they're like, but he's, he might not be out. No one ever officially said yeah. like, we're There's, there's not an official right. statement. There's like, not. Ben Affleck's officially done. Warner Brothers' official statement. He's done. Henry Cavill, no official statement from anybody. It's a a cryptic Instagram video and then another cryptic one where he's just fucking busting the weights hard. Yeah, it's Superman coming in. Whether that will be like a past the torch type moment and super that might be the last image we get of Henry Cavill's Superman or whether, you know, it, it will be the continuation of of his Superman Either story. Either way, I'm happy. Yeah, so am I. I I, I I like Cavill for the role. I like the way he looks. Sure. I love Superman with a hairy chest. <laughs> Popping out of the top of the costume. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Just so 70s <laughs> Superman. Next news story. 
All right, Jay. Hulu is finally developing Leonardo DiCaprio's The Devil in the White City series. This is a a this is a film right he bought for, uh, about ten years ago. It is based on the true story of two men in eighteen ninety three Chicago World's Fair. One of them was an architect, and the other one was a doctor. And the doctor was said to have become America's first serial killer. And that's what this series will will involve. It's it's going to be produced by both DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese as the executive producers. So this actually sounds really exciting to me. I, um, first off, I, I, I do have like a lot of like trust in Scorsese and the projects that he does. Um, and same goes for, for Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. For, I remember when he part. announced this long time ago. So it, it is exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of weird that like all of Scorsese's like longtime projects and you know, like, like, uh, the Irishman and this are like getting off the ground now, but you know, I'm, I'm excited for, for both this and the Irishman. Yeah, so. absolutely. RJ, in other news, the Terminator reboot finally has an official title. We've been seeing pictures of Linda Hamilton uh, on set. We've seen some some pictures of Arnold, you know, in there as well. And this is it. This is the reboot to the Terminator franchise. It is not being directed by James Cameron. However, he is still on to produce this, but it is being directed by Tim Miller. And if you don't know who Tim Miller is, it's because we haven't talked about him since 2016. He was the original director for Deadpool, who eventually got let go from from doing Deadpool 2 before production even started, and he apparently got attached to this project. So I'm actually excited because I want to see what Tim Miller can bring to it. I I liked his his work with Deadpool, yeah. but well, I, th- I think it's a uh, it's a strong possibility he's going to bring a good sensibility to this film, and then um, it'll be fun. But here's a red herring for it, though. It is a screenplay by David S. Goyer. Not always the most solid track record. No. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see. But I I like Terminator. I don't think we've gotten a good Terminator since Terminator Two: Judgment Day. So I'm not sure whether you I'll, know, I'll be honest. I'm not very hopeful. You're tentative. Yeah. So am I. I mean, and I. Just from going with the stills that I've seen so far from the movie, not that excited. It doesn't look much different they than Genesis. They need a really good no, not at all, which is really surprising. I thought they were going to go a different kind of route. Right. But maybe that first teaser trailer is going to make us feel excited about it. And I, they really need a strong teaser trailer to get the fans stoked. I and, think so, and, too. and they have to. They have to do it. Um, so hopefully it looks a lot different than Genesis. But right now... It's in that Genesis vibe right yeah. now. As of right now, Linda Hamilton, not enough to have me stoked. No, no, no. RJ, in other news, HBO and all of the actors from Game of Thrones would like you to know that you're going to be happy with the ending. <laughs> they want you to know Aww. that. They want you to know that because Good. they're not going to come forward and be like, shit, it's rubbish. You're not going to want to see yeah. it. <laughs> they're trying to sell a product. They they need this to go out on a high note because they have a slew of other series that are coming down the pipeline. Or they're giving them a million dollar bonus just to say that. So so what I want to know is what's worst case scenario for, for Game of Thrones? How it ends? Like what's, what's, what's the one way you don't want to see it end? If I was going to say anything, it would probably be like the lord of the rings ending i don't want a long drawn out 40 minute like lullaby goodbye send off i think to all yeah. these characters i think if the last episode is like following every character and giving me you know the bookend to them i and i don't mean like george R. R. martin's books but i mean like like the definitive
definitive end, you know, like this. Yeah. This is where, you know. I don't want to see, oh, see 10 that. years from now, this is what they're doing. Exactly. Oh, and 10 right. years yeah. from now, this character, Here's this the, character. This is like, where Tyrion ended up. This is yeah, where. No. <laughs> this is where no, Brienne no, no, of Tarth no. ended up, you know. And, and then I don't we, think they will. And then we have a longing shot of, of Jon Snow's statue in the crypts of Winterfell. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Which yeah. I think is actually a way that it might end, because in the books, he always talks about how he was never meant to be down there. And he always feels uncomfortable when he's in, in the crypts of Winterfell because he doesn't feel like he belongs there. I think it'd be pretty fitting if he is the last king of winter to be buried in the crypts of Winterfell. Mm. So deserving oh, saying Jon Snow dies. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. But I think you're right, Jay. I think that would be the most the, the the worst way to end it would be to to end everything on honestly on a happy note. I want it to be a little bit bittersweet, you know? Yeah. I, I feel that that that's kind of the story they've told us the whole time. Everybody I w- does. I would like something like, you know, a little hopeful at the end, but also something that also leads you to believe that you know, seven kingdoms are gonna be put into turmoil again because because if you go through the history of like Game of Thrones and like A Song of Ice and Fire, there's always some war. There's always some political turmoil. Of course. It's always going on. Of course. We're just watching one little snippet. That's of why it. bittersweet hopefulness exactly. is like the most ideal thing to come across with the, with the, uh, the ending of this series. RJ, in a bit of sad news, Oreo, who was the life model for Rocket Raccoon, has passed away. Okay. <laughs> Jay, I'm telling you, an adorable little animal is dead. He's dead. Okay. He's dead. Okay. <laughs> that parrot is dead. He has ceased to be. <laughs> and uh, in other Guardians news, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will continue to work off of James Gunn's script. No rewriting. So it sounds like the indefinite hold from Guardians of the Galaxy, if they're starting to release news like this, it's getting ready to get lifted, which means, Jay, they're getting ready to find a director. Someone someone is being vetted right now to be the director. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll get some new news in probably, um, in within two months probably about this. A lot of people have turned it down, though. Like Taika Waititi was asked. He turned it down. Um, you know, they, They've been going through a gamut well, of directors I could see it who are all a, standing behind James Gunn. Well, not just that, but he's, they're also directors that would want a hand in the script. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is a you're a shooter now. You're, they're hiring a shooter because they can't they can't tinker around. So it's going to be. So you're telling me it's going to be Ron Howard. It could be. <laughs> Maybe Disney's Ron's like, hey guys, look at me over here, over here. Maybe Disney Excuse can me. make good on on firing Lord and Miller from Solo and bring them in and do this because they would fit. This. They would fit. They would. they would fit this. That's and, not a bad idea. But our Lord Miller just like gonna, but you know, again, they might double want, finger, they double might. middle finger in the air. They like, might. ah, fuck you guys. Because <laughs> they can't take her with the script. You know? Yeah, that's true. Archie, right, you have one final bit of news, which is a little sad to me because I was very excited for this. Me as well. World War Z done. Yeah, there is no more sequel to World War Z. Uh, they have closed production on it. And they, I mean, when I say closed production, like they did with Guardians of the Galaxy 3 when they closed that, yeah. except this is a little bit more definitive. They it's, paid everybody and told them, go home. <laughs> yeah. It's it's red light now. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's over. Um, the report is that budgetary restraints. I, I agree. And I, I think this is something that they came into blows with in the first movie. There was a, it was a long, horrible production budget. For- issues story issues for what wound up being issues. a mediocre payoff for them 
for the most it part. It made yeah. the money, but it didn't it didn't do the gangbusters that it should right. in their eyes should have done. But also with Fincher attached to it, right. it's gonna that, bring a certain kind of level of quality that he's gonna expect and want to deliver but for the average audience goer david fincher is is not i mean he's a huge name but he's a huge name for film fans and 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 people you know who like going but for 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 people who just want to see yeah zombies if they're trying to make a billion dollars off of this eh, maybe not exactly exactly i don't think david fincher's ever the guy you make a billion dollars off of <laughs> but i i'm very saddened by in my this. mind he is yeah <laughs> but i'm very saddened by this because you know i was really looking forward to this i thought that that was the direction that they should have gone the first time exactly. around yeah and it seemed like they were going to do a little bit of course correcting uh i you know i obviously brad pitt's been fighting to get david fincher in there the whole time and now it's finally happening but unfortunately they just don't want to put the money yeah, towards it this and I'm, is, this is pretty sad for me too and i'm not sure whether it, it the where the budgetary restraints are coming from uh, my guess is it it really comes down to cost of fincher cost of brad pitt and you know the models for the zombies that they used are heavily cgi and it's it's and it costs a ton of money to do those massive swarms over a sprawling city you have to you have to generate the backgrounds as well as the foregrounds and stuff it's just it winds up being a lot and they probably want would want to keep this in the 70 million dollar range i would guess it would would be kind of like their goal and i guess what they have in mind is far 200 probably. larger yeah. than that yeah at 150 to 200 million and i just don't think that the studio uh that paramount is really willing to put that into it so that's going to do it for our news this week me and jay are going to head over and we're going to do a very special review for some drinks that we got over there <laughs> To the beer segment. Welcome back to the water segment. <laughs> Me and Jay are not going to be reviewing beers this week. For the first time in 136 episodes, me and Jay are not drinking during the podcast for a, a twofold reason. Yeah. Jay's dying. He's on his deathbed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you 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 were sick and you had a fever. So the fever finally snapped today, uh, mid mid afternoon or so. But still, I'm still sick. I mean, it's, yeah, but I'm still in recovery. If right? I told you to drink, you were gonna do it, weren't you? I mean, I was gonna have like a beer. Yeah. For review, so it's not good for you though. But uh, it's not good for you. I thought it was a cool idea. Yeah. You know? Well, all these fancy waters out there in the supermarket. <laughs> we're gonna review water. We're gonna start reviewing some waters today, <laughs> and just for today only, probably. But you know, and and for me, I haven't been drinking for the entire month of February. I had yeah. the one beer back uh, for episode one thirty five, and and that you know that was it. I'm not drinking while editing. I'm not drinking while playing video games. I'm just I'm not drinking in any type of leisure time whatsoever for no other reason than my wife told me I couldn't. 
and and and, and that's enough said and health right? reasons too sure uh, sure uh you know lauren, lauren was like you know you'll lose weight a whole lot faster if you stop drinking and i don't miss it so that's that's a plus like i don't feel like i need a beer like all the time so the craving hasn't hit in yeah no no and i don't <laughs> think i don't think i i i will at all because being two weeks in now and oh uh, yeah you would have had it by now yeah being yeah. two weeks in and and feeling fine you know i think when all this is said and done i'll continue having my my beer during uh during when we record and probably not any other time unless like i'm going out or something now sure. now, now that the way it should be right now that it's not needed I, I I think I'm cool with letting it letting it go a little bit, uh, but I still got to have my one to review on the show every week. So, of course. Before we get in to reviewing our waters, Jay, you know what goes really well with water? Some blowfish. <laughs> <laughs> blowfish is the only FDA approved hangover cure. <laughs> What it is is two tablets that you actually drop into water in about eight to 12 ounces of water. You let that dissolve. You drink it down. Your hangover starts to feel better. Not a problem for you and I right now. However, the what's in blowfish may actually help you get a little pep back in your step. It helped my flu. Yeah, Yeah. there you go. So it's got multiple purposes. If you would like to check blowfish out for yourself, you can head over to four hangovers.com. That's F O R hangovers.com. Use our promo code S M B fish to get your 15% off. Jay, as we've been doing all year, we have a indie pod to put a spotlight on. And this week's indie pod is a dash of science. So I'll let Chris tell you what it's all about. Hey, you ever hear people ask how we evolved from apes when apes are still around and realized you didn't know? All the time. Can't figure out how we don't have a cure for cancer or even how cancer works? Um, what is cancer? Check out our show, A Dash of Science, so you can answer questions like... If setting off nukes creates nuclear winter, why don't we set off nukes to offset global warming? Uh, that's not how any of that works. Uh, well, if electricity always follows the path of least resistance, why doesn't lightning always strike France? That... that's not even science. Are you sure? Lightning sounds really sciencey. I'm Chris, an engineer and scientist. And I'm Carrie, not an engineer or a scientist. Together, we break down complex science in language everyone can understand. And look at everyday topics through the lens of science and logic. So check out your favorite podcasting app or head on over to a dash of science.com so you can get a dash, dash of, of science. science. All right. And that is one of our newest shows that has been added to the Podfix Network, A Dash of Science. And I've actually been binge listening to it a lot lately. You can actually check out three amazing episodes that are available right now. They are basically a series that they've done over the past three episodes that are all about Isaac Newton. And if you think you you know a lot about Isaac Newton based on your elementary and, and primary school educations, you're wrong. There's so much more to know. So uh, make sure that you head over there to a dash of science on any podcatcher if you are scientifically inclined or even if you're not, even if you just, you know, like having your mind blown just a little bit by things that you are unaware of in your world. Uh, You can subscribe to them on iTunes on on any other podcatcher. And if you enjoy the show, make sure that you leave them a five star review. Jay, (laughs) I'm so excited to review these waters. I I have uh, sitting next to me, and I gave you one too. Mm -hmm. We have a generic swill water. These Uh, are. I don't think it's swill. 
My, I have another, sw- and this is a swill one. This yeah, is a local that's, giant brand. That's giant brand, right. I have Spring water. I have Poland spring water. It's 100% natural spring water. It says it right here. That's one of the better spring waters, I believe, in my mind. I'm drinking it, man. In my mind. And yeah, you know what? It tastes like water. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have these for a comparison test because I want to see what swill water mm. is compared to these these three to four dollar bottles that that we have right here and and what the difference is so why don't we start off with yours man what do you have well i'm pretty sure i have one of the more expensive bottles of water that are out there it's called essencia uh, this one has been out over the last few years because they brag about being the highest purified water so it's like 9.5 ph balance it's funny one of the most highest ph balanced waters mine mine claims the same thing yeah well as they do, as they do, as competitors, right? That's uh, yeah. In the, in the competing markets of water, <laughs> so it's ionized hydration, and uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, it, it leaves my 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 mouth a little, little on a on a crisp, dry side. I would say, yeah, not right. not as hydrated as as I thought I would, you know, get from it. No, but you're but, sci- um, but but you're scientifically hydrated. I'm scientifically <laughs> hydrated. Yeah, yeah. But it's not leaving my mouth feel as hydrated. It's the illusion as I thought of hydration. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I have Life WTR, Life Life Water. And <laughs> this is purified water, pH balanced with electrolytes for taste. And man, <laughs> this is uh, so it's purified water and it's purified by reverse osmosis with magnesium sulfate and potassium bicarbonate. Man, uh, it is absolutely just like the water that. That is in my Poland spring bottle. It tastes almost exactly the same. Uh, man, this- I'll tell you what, though. You have Fiji water before, right? I, I do. I Some people, and I know it for a fact, it does taste, quote unquote, like heavier water. <laughs> that makes any sense. Nope. I don't know. If my water's heavy, but it means I have people, a calcium buildup in my pipes. I've had <laughs> conversations about that before. Like back in the day, it used to be like Fiji or um, uh, the French water, Evian. Evian. Those yeah. were the two highest, like fanciest waters out there at the right. time. Right. This was like 10, 15 years ago. And then Voss and water came say, out. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, I like Fiji because it's a little, like, got a little more heavier mouthfeel to it. I guess. And it's $4 <laughs> a bottle. Yeah. And, you know, this Poland Spring was about $4 for 24 of them. Right, and, right. Uh, and, and this Life Water was probably 3 to $4 for for this 16 ounces that is here in front of me. Uh, man, the, and, and Life Water says they exist to advance the sources of creation and creativity, refresh your mind, and restore your body. Wow. They describe these things like like how they describe beers like it's crafted like this right, this water right. is great it's water <laughs> <laughs> it's no different it's than any H2O. other water it's no different i will say it's different than the tap water that that's in the tap i'll go far enough to say that however they still say that the tap water is, is probably still better for you <laughs> yeah. they do say that yeah. they say like really when it all comes down to it i mean you're fine especially where we live yeah. i mean we're safe what do you think? You think the beers we drink are being brewed with life water? Or are they being no. brewed with 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 water that's being drawn yeah, from right, the Delaware right from River? From hose. Yeah, <laughs> we've been to breweries. You know, there's 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 not a giant Evian you know <laughs> tank where Filter. they're where they're squirting water from. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> they, they have a hose hooked up to a spigot that's hooked up to the city water line. That'd be an expensive <laughs> beer, <laughs> right? Yeah. So uh, my review for this water is it's water. 
And I can't yeah, give it any other grade. I, I can't really. Uh, <laughs> it's I don't know how to grade it. I mean, I, I'm just going to give it a water grade. It's water. water. Yeah. It's water. It's an essential element. It's, an, it's another water. We yeah. need it to survive, and uh, it's it's got that going for it. Yeah. And if you are really now, if you like to challenge us on our reviews, <laughs> yes. um, please reach out to us. And uh, no, I want Chris, give us your take. I on want it. Chris from a dash of science to tell me. I would like to hear Chris's take. The on difference it. between between the life water, the essential water, and 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 swill water. In, in store brand water bottles and I, I can I do know one difference these are made with less plastic these bottles mm. so good for them they are less detrimental to the environment or so they say they all end up in the Pacific on trash island anyway so who cares <laughs> who cares <laughs> Actually, they did come out with boxed water, haven't they? Yeah. I think I've heard about that. Boxed I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. Save the It's probably in California. Probably. Yeah, so, all the Hollywood stars are drinking it. Coming up next, me and Jay got two five-minute-ish reviews to do. Uh, I got out and I got to see a slightly early screening of Alita Battle Angel, and Jay finally saw the documentary that he's been screaming about, Free Solo. So stay tuned. Each of us got out to the theaters this week, and we actually got to see some new movies, which is kind of a new experience for us in 2019. <laughs> There's been a whole lot of new that we've been getting out there to see. But uh, why don't you tell us about the film that you got out there to take a look at this weekend? Well, I believe technically this is a 2018 release, but you finally got to our, our theaters locally, and I went to see an IMAX showing, which is optimally what I wanted to see this movie in, because... You actually went to go see this movie once and the, oh well that's and the true theater shut down that, that and then is you true. had to come back to do it yep. again two weeks later i think two or three weeks later does it feel different to be up there without a rope it's obviously like much higher consequence people who know a little bit about climbing they're like oh he's totally safe and then people who really know exactly what he's doing are freaked out I've thought about El Cap like for years, and every year I'm like, that's really scary. I'll never be content unless I at least put in the effort. El Cap is the most impressive wall on Earth. It's 3,200 feet of sheer granite. It's the center of the rock climbing universe. Obviously I get interview questions about it all the time. Oh, would you like to do that? You're like, yes, for sure. Uh, so it follows Alex Hanold, and he is uh, striving to become the first person ever to free solo climb Yosemite's 3,000 feet high El Capitan Wall. No, well, you just said you said Yosemite. Yosemite. <laughs> I can't cut this out. I have to leave that in. You said Yosemite. It's a national park, Jay, in California. Okay. There is a Warner Brothers cartoon it. character named after it. How do you say it? Yosemite? Oh. <laughs> Yosemite Sam? You never heard of him? My biscuits are burning! <laughs> God, I'm going to get torn up for this. Yeah. Me and Logan did watch Space Jam this weekend, so... <laughs> Yosemite. El Capitan. <laughs> All right. I can't write this shit. Right? <laughs> 
I know some people think like I fake like some of your flubs. No, like, we staged them. No, I can't not do. I'm I'm that fucked up. I know. <laughs> we'll just we'll, I'm so we'll, we'll blame it on the cold medicine this week, and we'll move we on. can. <laughs> and I and I can't talk for too long, otherwise my throat goes crazy. But uh, Yosemite Sam. <laughs> Are we still rolling? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're still going. Okay. <laughs> so, obviously, I can't speak, but with no ropes or safety gear, he plans and prepares and completes arguably the greatest feat in rock climbing history. So, obviously, now we watch this um, gorgeous display on film uh by the filmmakers and the climbers and you know these engrossing people that are obsessive about climbing and doing these kind of feats and to logistically try and pull it off you know weather wise certain times periods during the, the year that you can logistically climb these things right when there's been no and rainfall and there's no moss or anything slick certain, growing on a wall yeah there's a lot of little intricacies to it um but also seeing the history of failed climbers and like God. those kind of things and because because they are cheating death this, this this is no lines this is no nets this is no and it does safety into the psychological aspect of it because he does have um, a girlfriend, a new girlfriend throughout this uh, documentary, and she's probably as cool as it gets. Right. But even still, he And he's does, like, don't get too attached. I he, might fall. Well, kind of, yeah. But also, he would forever, when he did free, uh, free Solo by himself, he would do it by himself without telling anybody ahead of time because he didn't want that blowback. Mess- that, oh, no, oh, that the overbearing emotional aspect um, coming back at him right. to it get mess- in his head and, it and fuck him up. His headspace, yeah. So I get it, and he does. I think they actually did go to a test, and he does. He's missing quite a bit of that fear lobe, but whatever you can say in someone's brain, he doesn't have that kind of strong activity response okay. to fear, right. which makes sense, you know. So you don't have that emotional right where me and you uh, might crutch. get ten feet off the ground and go like. Nope. Yeah. Fight or flight. I just flew. I'm done. I'm going yeah. down and I'm walking away. Exactly. <laughs> Which, you know, but overall, you know, is uh, he does accomplish the climb, and you know, it is well shot. You know, it's really cool. This and that. It's still, you know, it's an experience movie. You know, you're seeing this visual treat. You know, before before your eyes, and it's still hard to wrap your head around the, how difficult that really was, strengthening wise. Like the little intricacies of like, you know, the climb itself was insane. It's so hard to fathom, but you still walked away feeling a little flat. And when you were describing uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor" earlier, the documentary and how overall of a complete movie that is, and the message more than anything that you know you you, you walk away with it, this does not have that. Um, and I, I I am surprised that this it, one is nominated for an Oscar. But it has and "Won't You Be My Neighbor" is it has not. something that that you know "Won't You Be My Neighbor" doesn't. It has visual cinematic spectacle. spectacle. And, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I that's the, and and I think and you could be judging it by that. That's true. I mean, right. It, I mean, there is some technical prowess to the way this film was shot, and and you know the and brilliance of using IMAX cameras for these beautiful landscape shots that you know that that, that are have a guy climbing a rock in it. And but I, I I think you know from maybe a little bit more personal. Uh, aspect of of him and like why getting into the psychological aspect of why he does it might 
you know, give other people might, might give you a better through line to it and, and tell a better story, which no matter what in a documentary, you're still being told a story. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just getting it done with chosen facts rather than, you know, having it written for you. But yeah, I, I didn't really have an interest in seeing this. And I know like from what I've heard from, from several other people who saw it, uh, is that if you're not going to see it in IMAX, don't bother going to the theater to see it at all. Because there's really no other reason to go. I, I agree with that. I do. I, I mean, it's one of those things. Where I do know a couple people that are very immersed into this world and, and rock climbing. One in particular who mm-hmm. used to live in this area and I used to semi-party with, but he literally became the Alex sort of kind of guy. Okay. Like he, he lives in a van with a dog. First off, I am 35 years old. I am divorced and I live in a van down by the river and like out in colorado he just fucking climbs like he does like odd and end jobs smokes a lot of weed and climbs like he's like in that world good for him um but i wanted to i wanted to get a little bit more i wanted to feel that a little bit more i wanted to like feel like i wanted to rock climb the next day you know like i wanted to take away that to some degree you wanted to get active i wanted that hero role yeah i wanted to feel it like a lot doesn't matter if it's like you know, a good or bad thing. A lot of times you want to get motivated to, 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 right. When to you watch Rocky, that. you want to stand in a ring and punch someone in the Exa- face. The exactly. Next you, you know, you're not going to be Rocky right. or going to be a championship fighter, but you want to, you won't, you try won't even go out. to the free boxing. You lesson. might even just go to the gym. Yeah. Right. Just hit the treadmill, right. whatever. But you won't even, you won't even go to the free boxing no. lesson that you can get. Yeah. You know, you're just like, oh, okay. Exactly. You're just and the next day. You're just like, I, I was, I was yeah. missing that. I was missing that. I get that. you. All right. You know, I wanted to become a better person after watching won't you be my and neighbor? You're still but, not. No, yeah. but I'm still, <laughs> I think I'm a better person, Jay. I let you. I let you take the day off yesterday instead of making you come in and record while you're sick. And you even offered two days in a row. I know. Dave last week wouldn't have done that, but, <laughs> but Dave Post, won't you be my neighbor? Gives you the day off. How do you feel about that? I even. I even told you that it was okay if you missed Serenity because we were gonna. You were gonna have more time to watch I, it. I, I should have just stopped after 15 <laughs> minutes in. Yeah. All right, Jay. So my five minute ish review that uh, that I did was I got to see Alita Battle Angel one week before it was being released. I'd rather rule in hell than serve in heaven. There are watchers all over the city, and I see everything. She's threatening the natural order of things. Destroy the girl called Alita. I do not stand by presence of evil alita battle angel is the story of a 300 year old cyborg discovered in a dump with no memories she is rebuilt and ready to take on the injustices of her new society while seeking the answers to the ultimate question of life who is she the world of alita battle angel the way like i was i was looking at this like halfway through i was like man it's the color aesthetics and and just this this sci-fi world it's like part blade runner but part like mad max like it's somewhat dystopian but it's so far flung into it takes place in the 26th century yeah that you know it, it it's it's like a mixture of both but i actually really enjoyed the world like the world aspect of it was really well done i i I like the world. I like the technology that's in it. And I like that there's, you know, you don't question it at all. 
you know, it's just, it, it just is a part of it and it feels lived in and these characters all feel at home in it. So it's written and produced by James Cameron and directed by Robert Rodriguez. And the film actually feels like a blend of these two filmmaker styles. It's got great, beautiful special effects that you really come to expect with a film that Cameron is attached to. And the action is on point and even, you know, pretty fucking violent at times, which is stuff that you would come to expect from Robert Rodriguez. And it's really interesting when you think about the fact that this movie was kind of in development since like 1995. James Cameron has been like kind of toying with this script and he knew that it was going to take a long time technological wise to get there. And he's been attached to direct it until about 2016 when he realized that everything's got going on with the Avatar sequels. He was like, I got to step away. And uh, that's when they got Robert Rodriguez to come in and and direct it. So it's kind of like an interesting place where like most of the pre-production stuff that's been done to this has all been done under Cameron's eye. Robert Rodriguez is brought in to shoot it. And, you know, that that that's really it. But I, I still feel like while watching it, I, I got a lot of Robert Rodriguez style in it. He was also involved in the casting of the yeah. I always, I always saw that little style flare going yeah. throughout it. Now, I mean, I'll, I'll 100% admit that early on in this film's marketing, marketing, coupled with the fact that there were reports of behind-the-scenes issues, I, I was really disinterested in seeing this. I remember, you know, we didn't even do a trailer park on it at all because I was like, I'm just not interested in it. Like, nah. nothing, nothing yeah. looks looks interesting to me about it because a lot of like what the trailers were was, was just kind of showing Alita herself, not really getting into the world too much. But as the release date moved closer and more in-depth marketing was being released, I found myself being really interested in the film. And I, you know, I'm, I don't know much about the, the manga uh, and I know that it's a really popular one, but you know, it's got nine volumes of material to draw from. And it's kind of like no small feat that James Cameron was able to fit as much of that story in as he did into this two hour movie. The problem is it, while it's kind of a, a big feat that they were able to fit it in there, it also is a drawback as well because the movie for me has multiple tonal shifts in it throughout several subplots and a main plot that by the time you're midway through you started real you start realizing they're not going to be able to tie all these loose ends up and unfortunately those people that are unaware that they were seeking to create a franchise instead of just a singular experience might be off-putted by this because you know that like it's this should be called chapter you know alita chapter one battle angel like because that is kind of what this is they're they're setting off to to make a franchise and I'm not sure with a budget of $200 million with this film coming out in February, if it has generated enough buzz or if the box office will have enough legs to make enough after the, the this big marketing push they just did to warrant a franchise. And that's $200 million that they are reporting, Jay. I know that they are reporting and, and that's what they reported back in like 2017. Yeah. Not just the reshoots, the mark. And this was a film that was originally supposed to come out in July of 2018. Then it was supposed to come out in, in uh, December of 2018. Then it got pushed back to February, you know? So there was obviously some finishing touches that had to be added, but the special effects are, are pretty much flawless. Like I, 
I really enjoyed the special effects. Uh, and I, for one, I really hope to see more in this world. The story was intriguing enough for me to want to see the conclusion. I may not be like fervent for it. You know, I may not like go to the hilltops and shout like, I love Alita Battle Angel, but I'm definitely interested. And I didn't love every character in the film or buy into their narrative arcs, specifically Jennifer Connelly and her character of Chirin. Um, I did enjoy Alita herself and the characters that she interacted with most. You know, I really got into the story. I thought that the love story that they painted was really well done. Um, and the, the overall, the, the casting and yeah. everything went. And there was tragedies yeah. in the movie. And I think that I think worked out well too. I thought Christoph Waltz was a little bit muted for him. However, that's, you know, I, I can't knock the film for not having Christoph Waltz be Christoph Waltz, you know, for having Christoph Waltz actually play a character for once yeah. instead of just being himself, <laughs> which I feel like everything I see Christoph Waltz in, I know exactly what I'm going to get and I didn't get it here. And that's, but that's, that's not really a big problem. He's that's there to, though. he's there to play a different role here. Sure. Um, but I, I really did wind up enjoying, enjoying the movie a lot. Uh, you know, I can't speak enough to the fantastic action and the fantastic special effects. I still think the story could have used a little bit more through line i think i think like a clear plot from beginning to end would have helped instead of there's almost like these subplots it's almost like she gets to the end of one subplot and goes on to 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 close off another one right almost like they're going through chapters in a manga like this is volume one this is volume two yeah, this is volume okay. three and uh, you know and by the time you get to the end you are ready for this final showdown between her and the villainous nova and next time baby <laughs> It's just got it almost feels like the carpet is pulled out from under you the rugs pulled out you land flat in your face and you're just like oh it's over <laughs> oh okay that's that yeah all and right i don't think this movie's going to i don't think it's going to do the numbers they they were projecting 25 million for its release in december however uh it's mm. actually trending at a little bit lower than that now is is what they're saying so it's it's made back in its international releases so far. The, 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 the territories that are getting it a week early, it's made sorry, 23% of its budget back. I don't think that the U.S. market and I believe it's China that still have to go, uh, are going to be enough to really push this over. This is going to be a loss. Oh, yeah. That they're yeah. going to lose money on it. And it's a shame because it is worth it for people to go see it. It's just not a property to put butts in the seats. Um, yeah. And it won't have enough time, even if word of mouth gets out there to say, like, this is fantastic. It won't have enough time between now and March when but then all the Captain other big Marvel, releases are going to start right. coming out and right. it's not going to have right. It doesn't have enough time between now yeah. and March when Captain Marvel comes out for 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 it to really make that money you're, you're not yeah. gonna get enough butts in the seats unfortunately but the film is worth it go see it in the theaters like 100 percent. it comes out on on 14th go see it in the theaters good it's definitely worth your time and i think if you're a fan of action we've seen manga comics and anime be made into movies before to almost no degree of success ghost you know ghost in the shell did not do it well this does it well and her anime eyes and all you buy it she's a synthetic human so cool. you know you you are not bothered by by her the effects of alita which was a big complaint for people seeing the early marketing it's, it's a little jarring non-issue 
Okay, non-issue good. once the good. movie starts in the world it feels right so that's gonna do it for super movie brothers tonight if you saw free solo doubtful <laughs> or you plan on going to see alita battle angel let us know what you think of the movies uh, reach out to us on twitter and on facebook if you have questions for us you can always reach out to us anytime on facebook and twitter to ask your questions and we will bring them onto the show don't forget to check out our indie pod spotlight a dash of science you can catch them on any podcatcher and also, if you would like to cure your hangovers for good, make sure that you check out our sponsor, Blowfish. You can check them out over at fourhangovers.com and use the promo code SMBFISH for your 15% off. We are, of course, a part of the Podfix Network. We would like you to enjoy every show that's part of the Podfix Network. So head over to podfixnetwork.com and check out all the shows that we got going on over there. We also run a Patreon, so we have additional content that's out there. Jay has just watched Serenity, and I've obviously seen Serenity a bunch, as well as the Firefly TV series. We promised people a long time ago that we were going to be doing a Patreon-exclusive movie cocktail for Serenity, and it's finally happening. So if you would like to check that out, head over to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast, and you can get all of our additional content up there. We also will be posting a new 8-bit theme challenge for 90s cartoons, which mm. was a lot of fun for me to do because I remember a lot of 90s cartoons. And the guests that I had on, not too sim- not too dissimilar from myself, I will say. Very so, good. I want to thank all of you for listening tonight. Have a great night and cheers. Cheers. Cheers.